You're listening to Daily Notes, presented by Home Sideways. On this episode of Daily Notes, we journey to a galaxy far, far away, and we become Boston strong. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I drink your milkshake. If you only knew the power of the dark side. You have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is how I win. Shall we begin? Hey everyone, welcome back to the Almost Sideways Movie Podcast. My name is Adam. These are my daily notes where I have fun conversations about films. Been a busy week here on the podcast. Been pulling double duties. Absolutely love it. I love talking about movies, so this is kind of the perfect time. Officially get my promotion as uh, the wingman, the, the guy that, the stand-in, if you will, for Todd on the main show. And it's the winter time here. I'm really excited for this episode of Daily Dose, however. Let's talk about that. Let's get to talk about something that's uh, exciting today. We're journeying to a galaxy far, far away. I've hinted at it. Star Wars, right? And we're going back to 2017. There's a little film there called Star Wars The Last Jedi that was a very hot topic conversation for many Star Wars fans on Twitter and in, in Star Wars fan forums as well. It's a very divisive movie to say the least a lot of people love it a lot of people hate it and i'm on the side of hate it i did not like this It's kind of a really overrated movie to me so of course what a perfect episode to do for daily notes by doing a revisit of star wars the last jedi five years later i don't really think i've ever seen it a second time all the way through it definitely is deserving of another rewatch i believe and of course, the other film on our list today is a Jake Gyllenhaal film called Stronger, about the Boston Marathon bombing. I've seen Patriots Day, but never seen this film, and I'm a big fan of Jake Gyllenhaal as is, so I'm looking forward to talking about those episodes here. Uh, my sister is in town. Uh, we flew her up from California, so uh, she's going to appear as a guest on the podcast uh, next week, so I'm really excited that tease that tease that up front right now. I've uh, been really fun catching up with her, so I'm uh, really looking forward to diving into next week's episode, but uh, we're here this week first, and we're going to definitely be uh, focusing on our films here. Uh, so Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi is the headline review. I hope it's a good rewatch. Let's dive into it. When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. Something inside me has always been there. Then I was awake. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. Let the past die. Still. 
need someone to show me my place in all this. Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi is written and directed by Ryan Johnson. It's based off the characters that George Lucas has made so iconic. Uh, it stars Oscar Isaac, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Adam Driver, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Andy Serkis, Domhnall Gleeson, and Laura Dern, among others in this cast. Really stacked cast, first of all. Uh, when Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens hit theaters, I really liked that movie a lot. And so Episode Eight was a film that had my anticipation level to a maximum and of course, the whole world was really looking forward to this movie as well. Uh, but before we really start into my review, I want to go into what I kind of was expecting going in, kind of recapping what I was really feeling, my likely um, how I was a Star Wars fan. And I feel like this, as I was, because this, I feel like this is one of the most important episodes I've done uh, for Daily Notes this year, and I. It, this I think this episode this has the most notes of any episode I've done so far, and I feel like this is more like a commentary than anything. So that's uh, hopefully it's uh, entertaining for everyone. So we're gonna definitely dive into it there. So first off, I gotta say Star Wars is a franchise that is deeply rooted in my childhood. The original trilogy was given to me as a birthday gift when I was five years old from my parents, and I watched those films on repeat. It seemed. I collected uh, my first action figure from a box of Fruit Loops. It was Han Solo in a Stormtrooper outfit. I since collected several Star Wars figures. I have several boxes still in my garage. And as a kid, I remember uh, recreating the movies, the original trilogy, uh, when I would like recreate the scenes that they were in. So I, all the figures that I had, I would recreate the moments there. So it was a really big thing in my childhood here. I connected to these iconic characters of Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, and even Princess Leia. When I got into high school, I even made a Star Wars uh, film with my siblings and some good friends, too. I played an evil Sith Lord named Exar Kun. In that film, I took my, on my old Padawan and even turned him to the dark side. It was such an experience that brought us closer together as friends and family. I will forever cherish those memories in high school of making Star Wars the dark rival. Episode R... R episode 7. As I got older, I still enjoyed those classic films. Maybe not the prequel trilogy as much as I probably should, but still, when Disney did acquire the rights to Lucasfilm, I was overwhelmed with emotion. We were finally getting uh, to get another Star Wars film. Star Wars Episode 7 The Force Awakens was an amazing experience to witness on the big screen. It was uh, the theater had to be the most hyped place to be. With probably the only exception after the fact is Avengers Infinity War. Uh, when Star Wars The Last Jedi finally hit theaters, I was excited and nervous. The trailers were amazing and probably the best in the franchise has ever had. I remember seeing this film with a bunch of people from work, along with Todd. And the consensus was that everyone really loved the movie with a few exceptions. However, I honestly kind of hated it. So with that said, I'm looking forward to this rewatch, quite honestly, and I'm really hoping that my opinion does change because I'm really not a fan of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker 
episode uh, nine in this Star Wars franchise now. And since Disney has taken over the reins of the the galaxy far, far away, I've only been a big fan of The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. I think that's by far the best show. And I, I honestly, I haven't watched Obi-Wan. I haven't watched Andor, which I've I heard great things about both. So I'm, I'm kind of lacking on the TV shows. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping my uh, love for this film will start to blossom. So it's a journey to a galaxy far, far away. All right, so just a reminder, this might sound like a commentary because I was writing my notes as I was watching the movie, and I just wanted to share all these things, these different thoughts I had as, uh, as the movie was going on. The movie's like two hours, two and a half hours, so uh, I have several notes here for you. So enjoy. <laughs> right off the bat, the movie opens up with a better-than-I-remember space battle. It's set to the tone of the film that is really exciting. 2017, my big issue with this scene was the lame joke Poe Dameron tells General Hux. It didn't really bother me, actually, and it reminded me of something that Han Solo would actually would do as well from the original trilogy. The space battle here is really epic, and it really kicks off this film in such a, an amazing way. And it's pretty underrated, actually, and seeing this giant ship get taken down by a bunch of resistance fighters is awesome. Uh, seeing the defiant nature of Poe is fascinating as well. He defies General Leia at a great cost. The opening battle may be a victory, but it's also a huge loss for the Resistance. Seeing Poe get demoted was something it still, that I feel still helps the character get even better. The big thing that the film had to do was deal with the sudden death of Carrie Fisher. Going into this film, I was concerned how they would put pull this off. There's a scene here where Kylo attacks the Resistance ship that Leia and all the Resistance important members are on. He blows up the main deck where, where General Leia was at, essentially killing anyone on that main deck. However, Leia does have some Force powers, apparently. And I remember in 2017, this really kind of bugged me because they didn't imply anything in the previous films. Granted, there was some time period, but I thought that it came out of left field, to be honest with you. And I also really didn't like the fact that Admiral Akbar, who was in that and he was in part of the original trilogy, didn't really get a, a fair send-off, I felt. But rewatching it this time, I feel like it, it kind of makes sense, even though I think at the time, dealing with the passing of Carrie Fisher, this would have been a perfect time a really big sudden emotional impact that her character would have, you know, be killing her off would have made sense based on everything they were dealing with. I remember sitting in the theater thinking that was a gut, a gut punch moment. Um, I would have been on totally on board for if they actually would have had her get killed off there. They do introduce her Jedi powers and I didn't like that at the time. It, it's mostly fine though. Now Kylo Ren continues to be the best thing about this new franchise. Adam Driver owns every scene as Kylo, having some carryover emotions from the previous film with the killing of his father, Han Solo. It plays brilliantly. The interactions with Snoke are so unique, and I wish we would have gotten more time with these two together. Truly feel like Kylo Ren is, by hands in the away, my favorite part of this new trilogy. And seeing him here, it, it every scene that he's in is so riveting. He's so filled with emotion and rage and turmoil and i'm eating it up every single second when he's on screen loved every minute of kylo ren in this movie 
The first interactions between Luke Skywalker and Rey were some of the most hated moments of from 2017. The way we they treated Luke. I felt it disrespected the legacy of the character. Watching it now, I totally understand the way that the character was behaving. He was a person who had lost faith in what he was doing. He was a broken and wanted nothing to do with the galaxy. I kind of really dug it this time. His actions at the end of the film play so much better once you understand he's a broken character who has lost his way and seeking his redemption. Absolutely loved it. The one subtle thing I, I thought was kind of cheesy was that Luke does pass off a pair of dice to General Leia here. Uh, that is uh, definitely something I saw that they were going to try to push really heavily in the movie Solo, which came out shortly after this. I kind of think Solo is underrated. Uh, but I may have to rewatch that one again. I thought that was kind of cheesy. They kind of tied Solo into this film, even though Han Solo should be attached to this. All right, so going to the 40-minute mark of the movie is where I, I'm reminded of all the things I started to hate about this movie. The character of Rose, played by Kelly Marie Tran, was one that I felt the studio tried too hard to make a big deal instead of focusing on the characters they had just introduced in the previous film. I do feel bad about how awful the Twitter mob treated this young actress. She has since redeemed herself for me. I, I really loved uh, Raya the Last Dragon. Her voice performance in that was really solid. And I do feel like the backlash kind of hurt her role size in The Rise of Skywalker. She was basically non-existent in that movie. So that's why I feel it's completely questionable that we just kind of throw John Boyega's Finn character with Rose. It just feels like an odd pairing and I... I didn't really care for that at all. I feel like they really did John Boyega dirty in this trilogy. In the film, however, he is thrown into the, the storyline with Rose. This may still be the worst thing about this film for me. They come up with a plan to shut down the tracking device on this, the First Order ship, so they they must find a master codebreaker on the planet of Cantobite. I feel this this was a huge missed opportunity for them being uh, to bring back Billy D. Williams as Lando. Having them reveal him as the Master Codebreaker would have been a more likely way to bring him back into the franchise, unlike the actu what actually happened in The Rise of Skywalker. I feel like the entire Cantobite mis mission feels more like a Harry Potter film than a Star Wars film. It even goes into weird animal cruelty speech here with Rose. And it just completely feels like we are just doing its own side project. It feels like it's a side mission of a video game where... You're not focused on the main story. We are focusing on something completely different. We are also introduced to the Force connection between Rey and Kylo in this movie. Hard for me not to draw comparisons to the Halloween franchise. In Halloween Fire, The Revenge of Mike Myers, Michael has a similar connection to his mutant niece, Jamie. In The Last Jedi, it's done for, uh, it's far more effective in The Last Jedi, however. I really actually kind of thought that was uh, pretty cool, and obviously Kylo Ren with his shirt off, became very meme-centric uh, as the film was released and got more and more viewings out there. I thought that was kind of a unique way where Kylo couldn't see what was behind Rey and Rey could see what Kylo was seeing and couldn't find out it was brought together by Snoke. I thought these connections really brought the two characters uh, together and I enjoyed Kylo Ren so much and the scenes with Kylo and Rey are more effective when they have this connection here. And, he, and me not being a big Ray fan, I can appreciate what the, uh, Kylo's uh, 
what Kylo was able to do to help bring Rey up to in these scenes here. <clears throat> there are two familiar faces that do join the, our cast in this film, Laura Dern and Benicio Del Toro. Laura Dern plays Vice Admiral Holdo. I didn't care for her in my first watch, but I understand her mindset with this latest watch. I do know the books do a do add a lot of her backstory, making her a cooler character than what they show in the movie. I do like the sacrifice she makes. However, I, it may bring up more questions on hyperspace travel than I care to ask for, so I won't go touch that. But uh, Holdo was one that I did not really like. I feel like she's the way she looks and everything feels like a completely different movie at times. But there's some really cool imagery that she does bring into this movie too. So I give it props there this time around. This brings me to the completely wasted Benicio Del Toro, however. He plays DJ, the thief who rose and finned fine on Cantobite. They wasted this amazing actor with a character who is only like in less than 10 minutes at most. So disappointing because they could have done something special with him. And I feel like DJ, man... This is, I would have rather seen Lando. He, granted, that would have been a complete fan service thing. But I think in the long run, it would have made more sense for the franchise. I, I just don't understand what they were doing with DJ. I think he could have done so much more. Seeing him in a First Order uh, garb, I think that would have been ideal. The best spot for him as using him as an admiral of one of the ships or something. I think that would have been way cooler and a better use of what his talents call for instead of having this this stuttered uh, thief here that really doesn't really do anything other than betrays Finn and Rose here. The time has come to finally talk about Snoke. Andy Serkis has a gravitas and a booming voice that made us all excited to see who this character truly is. The conversation between Kylo Ray and Snoke plays so epic this time around. I remember hating that they killed off Snoke. But it makes so much sense for the arc of Kylo Ren. It makes me like this character even more. There's so much that happens in this scene. The epic lightsaber duel that is a beautiful frantic mess. The reveal that Rey's parents were nobodies. The offer to join Kylo. It's a beautiful piece of missed opportunity. And by that, it's simply that everything I feel like that, that's been happening between Rey and Kylo and this big reveal here. And Snoke is completely wasted going forward. And I'll, talk, I'll, I'll discuss this point uh, in a little bit as well. The final battle on Crate is a visually stunning scene. As the Resistance ships and First Order of TIE Fighters blast hits the planet, it, the beautiful crimson shines. It really makes this battle stand out. There's a, much, there's a moment here that I was on the edge of my seat of in 2017. I honestly thought that if they had the balls to kill Finn off during this battle, him making the ultimate sacrifice, I would have changed my mind on this film completely, all the way back in 2017. This one scene really solidified this movie as really something I hated. I really wasn't enjoying my time. My wife can attest to this. I was huffing and puffing my way through this movie. And she was kind of embarrassed by it, I, I would bet. So him almost making this ultimate sacrifice would have been something that I've been like, wow, they did it. I, they went there, they killed off this big character that's supposed to be a part of their upcoming franchise, and they did it. They killed him off. But then they had Rose come out of nowhere and save, air quotes, save Finn. They gave him a, and then gave him a kiss for some reason to t and tell him she loves him. 
she saves Finn, but the First Order blows up the blast door where the, the entire Resistance is behind. Makes no sense to me. I, I, I still don't understand it. It doesn't play well for me at all. <coughs> it's rather cheesy, and it's, yeah, Rose. Just, I'm not a fan of Rose. I'm sorry, Kelly Marie Tran. You are a talent actress. You do something really good with the, what... There's something, some talent that you do bring to the character, but I just don't like how this character is written at all and what they have her do. The confrontation between Luke and Kylo brings some of the most iconic shots in the entire Star Wars uh, franchise. Star Wars, I feel like that scene is really awesome. There are some really crazy shots, and at first I really didn't like the the another added force power to that we've never seen before, but... I had been reminded by a friend at the time, Chris Gonzalez, shout out to you, buddy, that 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 those force powers that Leia and Luke do show on this movie were read were shown in the books, and I I've come to understand that, and I I get those points and the sacrifice that Luke Skywalker does make in this movie it contributes to his character and how unrecognizable his character is. So, bravo to how the, he goes out. To be honest with you, uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi it was a film I truly hated for a long time. I hated the directions they took the film, and I didn't think I would ever appreciate what it truly actually is. The Last Jedi is a film that takes chances from the normal Star Wars tales. It takes characters to darker, darker places that make them unrecognizable. The visual scope is on another level, unlike what we have seen before. While I may not like every choice they make in this film. Kento Bite still feels like a waste of our hero's time. Finn feels like he's an afterthought in the franchise. And Captain Phasma is the biggest missed opportunity the entire franchise will ever have. The biggest crime I see now is that Disney cowered in the corner like a beaten dog to the Twitter backlash. The Rise of Skywalker was a complete redcon of all interesting creative choices The Last Jedi does make. The movie franchise is in a worse place now than what the prequel series could ever have left it. They fired Colin Trevorrow because he made one bad movie and they wanted to give you the safe choice with bringing back J.J. Abrams from The Force Awakens. But the script that was written by Ryan Johnson had to be reworked because they couldn't use anything that The Last Jedi had set up. And reading a possible script that Kevin Tre Trevorrow had for this movie on the internet was far more entertaining than the rise of Skywalker ever could have been. And so I think my appreciation for this movie has raised considerably because of how bad Rise of Skywalker has truly become. And at the time, I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker. I've only seen it the one time in theater. I own it. I should probably revisit it, right? But I really like this, this Last Jedi watch here. And even though I don't think it's a perfect film and... But I really think it's a really good Star Wars film. And I, I appreciate a lot of it. And I really enjoyed myself this time around. The Last Jedi does so much right here. And it's truly one of the better movies the franchise has to offer. It's a beautiful missed opportunity for sure. And I wish we would have got the actual Episode Nine that we probably all deserved after The Last Jedi. So I appreciate Todd. And... Um, I can definitely say I don't hate this movie anymore. I'm at three and a half stars for the Star Wars The Last Jedi. All right, jumping into our next review, we have Stronger, directed by David Gordon Green. 
Listen up. This young lady here is running the marathon for bringing a women's hospital. So skip around to Stella and donate to a good cause. Yay! I'm gonna be there at the finish line for you. I'm gonna make a big sign for you. Doesn't show up for anything. <laughs> and then he shows up. There was an explosion, and your legs, they're gone, bro. Welcome home. Is it good to be back? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, talking to you. What are you doing? Dancing. You're trying to make a hero out of me. You need to tell your family what's going on with you. Take my mom, take I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. This is the first time you're in this week and you had three appointments. You just have to show up for Show once. up! I showed up for you! You remind me of my son. He died. Helping you made me feel like I helped my son. And for that, I am grateful. You're grateful. You showed the world that they can't break us no matter what the hell they do. There was this time in the hospital when I, I just want to give up. And we'll rise up. Look at this! Boston's And now, I just want to live. I just want people to see how amazing my son is. I'm gonna walk, you know, I'm gonna walk with you again someday. Stronger is directed by David Gordon Green. It's written, and the screenplay is by John Polano, and it's based off the book written by Jeff Baum and Brett Witter. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Tatiana Maslany. Miranda Richardson, and Nate Richmond. Stronger is the inspiring real-life story of Jeff Baum, an ordinary, an ordinary man who captured the hearts of the city and the world to become a symbol of hope after surviving the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing. I remember where I was when this tragic event did happen. I was in the car with my family driving to brunch. We were listening to the radio when they announced what happened. I, it was one of those moments where we were just silent until we arrived at our destination, it felt like. Stronger was one of the uh, two films that came out around the same time that tackled the Boston Marathon bombing. The other being Peter Berg's film Patriot's Day. That film deals with the Boston Police Department as it goes on a statewide manhunt for the bombers. Stronger tells the story of Jeff Baum, a survivor of the Boston Marathon bombing. It shares his journey for the tragic event and how he became a symbol of hope for Boston and the world. First off, Jake Gyllenhaal disappears in this role. He's almost unrecognizable in some scenes. I was invested in the film from the start, and that's because of his performance. His character goes through the full spectrum of emotions, even to PTSD. He received an acting nomination for this role at the Broadcast Film Critics Association Awards, too. I thought he was, I was looking back, and I thought he was more in the awards 
a circuit than I actually remember him being. So I guess that's something that I thought that he got nominated for more stuff in the, for this film. But overall, he is kind of unrecognizable. He doesn't go quite as skinny as Christian Bale does in The Machinist, but I, I, there are semblances that I feel like if they ever remade this, The Machinist, I would like to see Jake Gyllenhaal pull that off because of uh, how how his body transformed in this movie. I felt it was very interesting. But Jake Gyllenhaal does a really uh, great job as Jeff Baum here. Uh, David Gordon Green uh, does a good job capturing the horrific events of the bombing in such a respectful way. There's also a good balance in the scenes where they are conveying hope, but also the personal struggles of Jeff Baum and his family. The parts where I felt like the parts where I felt could have been improved were the scenes that involved his family after Jeff leaves the hospital. Uh, these moments bring some dramatic nature to the film that feels off. I feel like the film starts to jump back and forth between the family and it loses its way to quite honestly. One moment we are at a bar with his, with Jeff and his friends, uncle and brother getting wasted. Then we're all we're with Miranda Richardson's character Patty, Jeff's mom, where she's making the tragedy uh, tragedy about herself, taking photos and introducing Oprah. It definitely becomes quite TV movie kind of ish. Uh, there's some very dramatic things that just kind of play as over dramatized. Now these could have been real things that have happened and being based on a true story i wouldn't be surprised but it's a movie and it just feels off at in these moments miranda richardson does a fantastic job as patty i actually really kind of despised her character in this i see a lot of similarities with margot martindale's performance for million dollar baby both performances that kind of take advantage of their kids um who are we're dealing with some kind of uh tragic thing that happened in those movies and so I, I i really kind of despised the character in a way i just didn't think the mom was really doing what was best for her son i felt like she was kind of just all about herself and my wife and i both were like man what is going on like there are scenes where she's not even around where the heck is she if she cares about her son so much she's out oh she's out smoking or getting wasted it, it was so frustrating and granted that could have been the very person herself and that was more maybe i'm more frustrated with the actual human being but in the movie it, it's, it was just kind of frustrating but props to Miranda Richardson for doing a good job can, uh, making us feel those emotions. Tatiani Maslani is probably my favorite part of the movie. You feel the guilt that she car carries in every scene. She was, one, she was the one running the Boston Marathon that Jeff wanted to be there to cheer on for. Tatiani has such a presence that even outshines Jake Gyllenhaal's performances here. Tatiana was uh, in the Marvel show She-Hulk Attorney at Law, so it was great to see another performance for this talented actress, and I really want to see more of things. I think she was really great. She conveyed so much of different emotions, and you can really feel her struggle in this movie and the guilt that she does carry from every scene. Stronger does a good job playing... Stronger does a good job paying respect and developing hope, while also showing the tragic events that this event plays on its victims. There's an unbalance to the screenplay that has this, the tone bounce back and forth. The best moments that the film delivers are the quiet scenes between characters. There's a scene between Carlos, the man who saved Jeff Baum, and Jeff in a, cafe, uh, in a diner. That it plays so beautiful and so is the spark of their friendship. And Jeff and Aaron's relationship, these quiet moments, are what, what makes this movie really tick on all cylinders. 
family drama, I feel, is dramatized a bit too much. Jake Gyllenhaal slips into this perf- this role flawlessly, and I forget it was him at times. Tatiana's performance makes me want to see more of her talents in several other movies. And I, I like Stronger, and I think this movie is something that needs to be watched, especially about events of that nature. Those based off true stories and natures. I don't think it's my favorite David Gordon Green movie. I'm giving it a very a modest three stars. Uh, but maybe not the highest three stars I would have given. That I thought I would have given it originally. So I'm giving it a low three star rating for me. That is my review of Stronger and Star Wars The Last Jedi. I hope you guys enjoyed them. I I really liked these movies. I loved, really loved Star Wars The Last Jedi, which is something I would have never guessed I would have said when I started Daily Notes in 2022 uh, for this year. But I really did. I, I, I honestly don't think the can, if the Candlebite scene and Rose and Finn were maybe figured out a little bit better, I probably would have given this movie four stars, if I'm being honest. But these scenes and some other little minor hick things that I just didn't care for really hold the movie back from being four stars. It's three and a half for me. Who knows? Maybe next time I watch it, I, I don't care about those scenes too much. But for me, this time, I, I just have little minor things, but I'm, I'm, getting, I'm liking it a little bit more. So there you go. A stronger, borderline two and a half stars, three star movie, but I'm giving a low three stars here. I think Jake Gyllenhaal and Tatiana does a really great job with their performances here and it's a very emotional, respectful movie there, too. So, you got to give it props there. Boston Strong. And uh, next week's episode, guys, I'm really excited for it. It's going to be a family affair. Daily Notes becomes the uh, multi-daily dailies episode. My sister's in town. I'm really excited to talk about my sister uh, on the episode. We are going to be talking about 1992's Home Alone 2. I had more movies planned for that episode. However... I wanted to sit down and have a conversation with my sister. I think it's going to be a fun time reminiscing about childhood memories and our our making of our Star Wars movies and talking about some of my sister's uh, amazing comedy chops as well. So definitely going to be talking about with her and just sharing some a really good time celebrating Home Alone 2. So definitely stay tuned for that. Really looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Until next time, make sure you guys uh, go watch the movies. See you later.